welcome to this new episode. I'm your host Julian and this was probably the most difficult episode of all. It was first of all about the topic of feminism and second of all with seven different people from different countries from different backgrounds. And I'll start with the reason why I did this. Because I had troubles talking about this topic, I got self-conscious about it, I got just this this feeling of uncomfortability when just being confronted with this topic. And I wanted to change that. To make it easier for you to understand, I'll give you the position of all the speakers in the room. Starting with me, the host. And I had to my right, Daniel from Paraguay. Then one further was Pilar from Argentina. And then one step further was Felix from Germany. And then continuing on the other side was Lucas from Argentina as well. Then Carolina from Uruguay and Zuhair from Pakistan. So we had a very nice mix, just two women though. But you will notice that was not a problem. And then we just went around the topic of feminism and talked about so many different layers, about experiences, about the masculine and feminine energies. And it was just very, very interesting. There was this underlying feeling of discomfort in there. And that made it very, very interesting. And also we discovered various different perspectives, layers of it. And it was so interesting, at least for me, to learn so much about it. And it was a great, great experiment how it is to speak with seven people, five men, two women, about feminism. Without further ado, enjoy the conversation. And so the biggest goal, I think, of tonight is that we can openly share our perspectives, lean into the discomfort if it's, if it's coming up, even sharing it. And then we can publicly discuss that. And I think that's, that could be really important. At least I think that could be such a valuable resource to talk about this. And so with that idea, with that intention, I want to go into um, yeah the, the podcast recording now with everybody else. And I think in the beginning, it would be great to just go a quick round to just share who you guys are, um, just quickly a sentence or two. And that we can all start and then I'll share the topic and then we go into this. First time also recording with seven people. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious how this is going to go. <laughs> so uh, would you like to start? Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Daniel. Uh, I don't really know what to say. This is a- how, do you, how do you feel right now about this topic and what do you expect? It's really interesting and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Pili, um, and I'm feeling uncomfortable already. <laughs> so I'm prepped for this talk. Uh, move. And you? Yeah. So hi, I'm Felix, and yeah, I also feel like a bit the tension, but also the excitement. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to talk about all that because I've been having a lot of conversations, and I think that is a really nice way to approach the topic to just be able to speak about it and also speak about your comfort because that is normally not part of a conversation. So I think that's a good approach. So hi, I'm Lucas. <laughs> I'm 28. I'm part of the LGBT community. Um, almost an architect. 
<laughs> um, trying to make my life out of it. I've been having these conversations for a while now. I've been having these conversations at my new work now. So, and I find it interesting as well. And I'm trying to do some more research and trying to understand others' points of view and trying not to get angry if we disagree. So we see how this goes. <laughs> nice. I'm Carolina and I am 31. I don't know why we say the age. But is it relevant for like the, the what, what is it called? The, the demographics. So, yeah, we have different nationalities, different ages. Yeah. I think what we all have in common is a really open mind and a willingness to, to go into the uncomfortable. And uh, I do feel very, very curious. And I hope that this conversation will bring some clarity around some topics about how other people perceive the gender debate and how... Uh, my ideas around the topic are. So I'm, I'm looking forward to co-creating uh, an, uh, an idea system. I've said ideas so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Zahir. Um, really looking forward to how this conversation is going to end up. And uh, just here to, you know, get myself educated on these topics and uh, get to know more about it. Thanks, everyone. Already, um, yeah. I think the the first idea that I had how to how to start it was really first. I'll I'll share now why I wanted to do that in the first place, and then uh, starting with the topic of feminism. And for me, it was I think as I said, I had a conversation with uh, Caro, my girlfriend, before, and we just talked about this topic. And while talking, just the two of us about it, I noticed that I felt very uncomfortable to step into things that uh, I offend other people. And I, I'm not really feeling well about talking about this, just, just in general. I feel like, okay, I cannot talk about this. And this is exactly now the position that I'm in. I feel like I cannot talk about it, and that should be different. I think especially with a topic that is a debate about, there needs to be a space and openness to talk about this, to include other people's perspectives. And now me as <laughs> as as a white male talking about this is pretty weird, I guess. Uh, that's the first thing that makes me uncomfortable. Um, and the other thing is that I don't really have a lot of contact points with this topic in the first place. And so I really use that, as Caro said, as a co-creation of bringing out my ideas, sort of seeing then how other people see the same points and hopefully curiously uh, learn more about it. So as, as the very first thing, I wanted to start with um, how generally uh, feminism is described. And I have two sources because they're actually different. And the first one is from uh, the Cambridge Dictionary which describes feminism as the belief that women should be allowed the same rights, power, and opportunities as men and be treated in the same way or the set of activities intended to achieve this state. So I think there are two parts in there, activities and the belief. And the other uh, source is the Oxford language definition, which is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of sexes. All right. <laughs> um, I, th 
I think I can just jump in first maybe and t take take the first leap and making myself be probably completely full here by um the the first thing what I what I found by by the Cambridge dictionary thing was that it was a belief I found that interesting that it was a belief about that women should be allowed the same rights and I'm not sure where to go with that but I found it interesting that this is just a set of beliefs or a belief in, in, in itself, and the same part also activities. And it's not very conclusive for me right now, just by reading that, uh, what it actually is. Because the, the idea that people are the same is pretty openly, for me, the same. And so that this belief sounds weird to me. That's all I know for now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I just want to hand over to whoever wants to jump in or feels like they want to add their perspective. Good, thank you. Um, by listening to those definitions, it seems to me that bringing up the women's perspective so many times, it leads people to think that it's a biased idea or thoughts, you know? For me, feminism is not only about women wanting to have the same right as men is for gender equality for every gender included. That it's not the binary of um, cisgender men and cisgender women. Um, so I think the focus is not the best, if you would ask me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit uncomfortable. That, and it also leads to a negative thought that is like, oh, women again, asking for these things that are that were mine. Like, you know, when you, how is it when you have um, the anti-discrimination? Like when men are saying like, oh, this lady got my job. And it's like, no, she didn't get it. That, first, it wasn't your job. <laughs> and second, she didn't get it like because she was a lady. And so I prefer to see it from a more neutral perspective. Uh, but yeah, it is about equality after all. Let's bring that up. It seems like it's a very, um, what's the word, like surgical definition of the segment of feminism that it's dedicated towards women's rights and fighting for women's rights. I think it started like that, but eventually transformed into a bigger thing. So, or at least I have it wrong, <laughs> I guess. Um, because for me, feminism is much of a, a broader concept, like For me, what I understand as feminism is not just gaining back the rights, gaining back the rights. I don't know if we had them. Whoops. Maybe, maybe ancient times before everything started to get um, civilized. But um, it's not about gaining the rights and the equality and all of the, the things by law. But for me also, it's about the revindication, vindication, that's the word, for of the energy of the feminine. The energy of the feminine is everything that rules the creative world, that just adds some curves into the, the thinking processes, that allows emotions, that allows nurturing. And that just, I feel it's very suppressed and it gets us disconnected from our own feminine essence within that everybody has. And a feminism, in my 
very particular, specific definition that I created so I could call myself a small feminist. <laughs> it is that. It's just allowing men to cry, to pin their, na pin their nails, to want to have children and stay at, be stay-at-home dads and whatever. And for women to express their masculinity, to express the the freedom to wear whatever the fuck they want and everybody just minding their own business but befriending this side that we have neglected for so long that's my definition and i don't it doesn't it doesn't really agree with cambridge <laughs> <laughs> i think that uh i find it really interesting that you both find the general definition of feminism weird Not not judging it, but just it's it's different from you guys. What what it says as the general overview for other people to read about it. So I just want to add to that because it's perfect. Like I'm also gonna attack this definition because for me, <laughs> especially the Cambridge ones, when I heard it for the first time, I was really as you were, I think, stunned by the word believe because the way they are describing it, it's just like some thinking good and not like some fact and it also like disagrees with the law like if you look at the law they say every human being is equal by law mm -hmm. and here they describe feminism as a belief of equality between men and women a belief they could describe it also as a fight for this equality and seeing this equality as given which it is even by law and so this dictionary i don't <laughs> i i would um think may be written by men <laughs> is um, actually really attacking feminism subtle with only this definition already because it's not seeing this equality as just like as I said already like a fact and also it's um, really yeah putting it on the same level as beliefs and beliefs are such a big thing and they can also be justified and not justified and everything so I think this definition has to be reworked. Cambridge, yeah, do you hear me? Well, they're not known for being the most progressive people on earth. Um, also, I think that even if you like, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with this definition, but I'll say that even if you write a definition, it's very hard for us, like, I don't know, like 7 billion people to be, to agree on something, so to agree on a definition that's based on like a couple sentences. I think that's like, it'll be dumb for us to think that that'll be enough. And also we may have, um, I mean, as men, we may have a different definition than as women. And also I think since we're like living in Latin America now, we're like going through a phase where feminism is like, um, changing or maybe like going like brighter than it did before. So maybe we have a definition now, like because we live in this uh, context and society that most people outside our society don't have. And that's where I find it interesting that we're like all sitting at this table talking about this because it's been a topic we've actually talked about before here um, with my friend Zuhair. <laughs> that's from Pakistan. Um, whenever he came here, I was like, are you aware of uh, like the society you're in right now? That people here behave in a different way that we've been having these conversations now about um, against like crimes against women. 
we've been having these conversations about like uh, harassment at work uh, with your friends, like talking these uh, topics openly. Are you aware of where <laughs> you're living now and how this will go if you want to approach a girl, if you want to like talk to someone on a club, if you want to take somebody out dancing, like are you aware of how this is going to work? Because I don't know much about your culture. That's what I told you. But I, I, told, I remember I told you, you, you should ask and you should get in these conversations just to like float on this pool and see how it, how it goes in here because you're in a like different, like you're far away from home. So this place is like, it has its own stuff. Just as I, I believe your, your hometown or your country like sees things a different way because of like a, a lot of factors, a lot of things like religion and like the way your culture or people in Pakistan like see women and their work and like their ethics and stuff. So I think like going back to the definition thing that it's it's a very like controversial thing. So if you try <laughs> to like write it into a couple words because we will never agree like it's like yeah. Twitter. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it'll never happen, but yeah. Now I'm curious about that. Like, how is it in your culture? Because, yeah, we, for context, we're in Uruguay right now, and there's two Argentinians, two Germans, Paraguay, do you consider Paraguayan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Uruguay, and then there's a Pakistani. So then it's like, we have three continents <laughs> and uh, very different approaches. So I'm very curious to... Yeah, so... Like uh, Lucas said, that things were things are pretty different here. Of course, there are some cultural shocks and cultural differences. Uh, so that's why we are kind of having these kind of conversations. Like I said in the start, that uh, my main goal uh, is to you know get more knowledge about these kind of topics here, because I'm living in a different country with different people, different mindset. Um, but things have been pretty different in Pakistan too. Uh, I was like uh, living in Russia for the last five years, so I don't know <laughs> about the progress that happened. <laughs> but uh, there were like uh, feminist march, uh, like many different rallies, uh, many different talks, and uh, too much, um, how to say, uh, propaganda against and uh, like in favor of feminism. So it's great that uh, people there are acknowledging these kind of topics and are open to talk about that. That's the first step, I guess. And um, yeah, the society is progressing and uh, with the more people getting into these kind of debates um, with an open mind, the better it's uh, for everyone. Mm. Do, That's my point of view. Do you, do you have any knowledge of like, what they are fighting for? Uh, yeah, it all boils down to equality. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So basically, they want the same rights as men. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the main thing. And then every person have their own definition of what they want. Mm -hmm. Like um, I just noticed that we five people have talked about the definition so far, and everybody has a different idea yeah. about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, some people have like some people agree, some people disagree. And there are different feminist groups which don't agree with each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm not aware about what is their point of view. Uh, but all I know is that um, this thing is being, you know, uh, has been explored too, and it's continuing to continuing to evolve. Mm -hmm.
What do you think about it? What do you think feminism is? Um, when you see it, or like if, when you see the definition, if someone will ask you, like, like what is what is feminism for you? I would say the same thing as Cambridge. It's about mm -hmm. equality. I won't label it as a belief, though. It can be a movement, it can be an idea, it can be an ideology, uh, it can be anything. Uh, but the important part is that uh, that it tackles discrimination, whether it's uh, in sexism or any other way, uh, which is good. And uh, that's what I pretty much know for now. <laughs> And I'm looking yeah. forward to learn more as the conversation moves on. Awesome. Okay. Thanks that you were so brave and like okay I, I don't know much about it I'll just I'll just say the the opinion in the first place that's awesome yeah that's exactly would you like to share your current opinion about it as well just what do you have I, I after hearing what you guys had to say I don't think that I have a mature opinion <laughs> a mature enough opinion about the topic so. It's feel free to say anything that comes to your mind yeah. and I think right. I think what did you okay. what did you like yeah. th thought that feminism was before today like if someone would run into you on the street and said hey Danny what's feminism for you the most honest answer is the best because then we yeah. can actually discuss there's no wrong answer yeah I know the thing is that I, I, I never thought about it I always heard about it like people their beliefs yeah. but I never took the time to 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 just as I said, think about it too. To have my own opinion. <laughs> I mean, like used to hearing other people's opinions because I I feel like I cannot say much about it for bad or maybe good. I don't know. So maybe maybe because that's well, no, that's not the culture in Paraguay. <laughs> that's my way of being. I'm not gonna blame the country, but. Um, I don't feel that, at least in Paraguay, it's as discussed as it should be. Mm, agree. Okay. And also, you're super young. Like, you're way younger <laughs> <Yeah>. than... <laughs> But Felix, Felix, yeah, we're the same age, and he had, like, a formal opinion. I don't really have a formal opinion, but maybe yeah. that's my way of being. Well, it speaks about your privilege, that you aren't affected negatively, and you don't have to question this system, let's say. But it's also super wise of you to say, I don't have a foreign opinion of mm -hmm. it yet, so I'm not going to speak just because I can. Exactly. No, so yeah, I agree. I admire that. <laughs> I think it's nice. also a big thing about different countries and cultures. It's like, I think feminism is <clears throat> at a different point in like nearly every country of the world. And it's seen differently. That's also why we had so many different like definitions and opinions. Because it can be seen. <laughs> hope you can hear me. <laughs> Um, it can be seen in many different ways because the struggles and the problems are so different for women all over the world. Like, I don't know how is it here, uh, how it's here, but for example, um, that would be my next question for all of you. I would sell myself, um, describe me as a feminist as well. And I think for many countries it might be weird because I think the belief is still big that feminism is for women and not for everyone. But um, that is also like, I don't detect that because it might be also like the way the problem is in these countries. Maybe it's way, way bigger and way, um, um, yeah, disclosed. Maybe people are not talking openly about it. Maybe it's just not possible for many people in their culture to be a feminist or they would just get a lot of hate for that. Like in our country, Germany, like 
and maybe it's also especially in like my groups and my um, yeah surroundings. Um, it's really um, accepted and really positive to be a feminist and like stand up for everyone's rights and everyone's equality, which we agreed on is the main goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. Thank you for bringing that up. That was, I think, at least in my mind as well, a thing that um, it feels like, especially when I said it, like it still feels kind of weird to say that. Yeah. But according to how I maybe also phrase the idea of feminism, which is just for me, like as I said in the beginning, equal human rights, <laughs> not like only putting it to like feminine and, and, and male or whatever, but just like equal human rights because of obvious reasons. <laughs> and um, that comes up for me then as well, because I have a feeling when I say that, when I would say that, I don't, never said it out loud, but I do... Um, do stand uh, in for every human being should have the same rights. But it does feel weird, and I'm questioning now why that is. And I have sort of the idea, or at least the feeling, I cannot really put it in words, that, that the term feminism is something that is, as you, I guess, said, for women, that only women can be a feminist. Um, and... I, I, Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's at least how it feels. I'm not sure whether it's just by the term or also how maybe I think in my mind comes up extreme feminist groups sort of advocate for it or at least the picture that I get. So it feels that um, I as a uh, white male seem to be very, very not allowed to be in that area. So, um, yeah. I think you're like, it actually depends if it, if it's actually genuine, because I think the, the conversation, whether we are like allowed to be in these kind of groups and stuff, for me, it comes within like a genuine kind of desire to bring something to the table and to talk about this and to be open about it and to fuck it up and get it wrong. Like, but to have these conversations with people that you just met. So um, I think that's the part when you're starting to like, kind of like have a good approach towards it, because I've seen that. And also just respect others, people's opinions. Uh, for, for example, I, when I, whenever I came here to Uruguay, I've been, I've been going in Argentina, I've been going to these rallies for the 8th of March, which are, which is the women's international day. And I've been going with my friends, of course, a lot of them are girls. And uh, just as I think the LGBT community kind of like um, stands on the arms of the feminisms and like likewise. But whenever I came here to Uruguay, I was kind of like shocked and surprised that they, they wouldn't like receive a male going to this rally as a good thing. So I asked on, on Instagram. So I wrote on a, on a feminism web, uh, web page. So it's like, hi girls. I don't want to like you to bump your head <laughs> against each other, but I just wanted to ask, is it okay if I go? Because I'm used to going in Argentina, but I'm not too sure if that's a thing here in Uruguay. Um, and they actually said like, no, <laughs> like oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a hundred percent fine that you're like with the cause and uh, you're up for it and you want to like do your own like rally or you want to support it like through organizations and stuff. But it's, it's not something that we do here. We're trying to get, get these rallies only for women because we've had some stalkers and some like people that have been like involved in harassment, like 
kind of stuff show up at the march and the victims were, were there. So it's like kind of a weird situation, which I know happened before in Argentina. But I was like so surprised that like I talked to my, my friends here and they say, yeah, like, yeah, it's fine that you're like the true consider yourself a feminist, but it's not okay for you to go to these places like here in, here in Uruguay. So I found that really interesting, like, because I found it in myself, like, is it like, I consider myself a feminist. I do stuff on a daily to be a feminist because I genuinely think or believe it's good for the society that I want to live in. But also I come to a country which has a lot of things that I can relate to in terms of being a feminist, not in terms of being a woman because I'm not, but I cannot like go to the rally and like support something that I've been doing for years now. So it kind of like struck me that I had to like change that. And it's like, okay, so I have to listen now. I have to change my perspective here and I have to do supporting like in another way that it's not the, the norm for me or it hasn't been the norm for a couple of years now. But now that I've, I'm here, why can I, what can I learn about this, um, your white feminism or what can I learn about this movement here? But I'm not like, oh, I can go to this rally. I'm no longer a feminist. It's not like it's within me. So I don't have to ask someone to be a feminist. I just have to like say, okay, I am and generally do stuff that's like comforting for me. And that's up to my own standards. I don't have to like take anyone's standards. All right. I didn't see who was. <laughs> Actually, really funny because exactly the same thing happened to me as well. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'll speak after. You're doing it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, we got it. Because it really works well with the story because the exact same thing happened to me. I wanted to go to the rally in Uruguay as well with my girlfriend because I'm also used to going in Germany. Like, um, it's actually really common for at least my group of friends to go to also the St. Patrick's... Uh, no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit, it is not St. Patrick's Day. I forgot the name. Okay, there is a big um, gay rally as well, an LGBTQ oh. um, rally where we also go every year to support our friends. And yeah, I'm really used to like supporting and being there and going with my friends. It's like really an activity we do together. And here I also ran in this like confrontation that I shouldn't go because I'm a man and I... I'm not in this way welcome and so I was also really curious I asked about it and like as you already said a bit it's um, here apparently and I think you can say a lot more to that as well it's just a sort of extremely different situation with uh, the abuse of women and it would make feel a lot of women uncomfortable if men would show up there so for me that was exactly the point where I say okay that's my part to accept and their part to say because I'm not in the position of having to live with all these disadvantages, I have the privilege. And so I have to listen to the ones that I, uh, that are not the privilege. Okay. So that's my point and my perspective. And that's just for me to accept. Nice. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to share that. I find it very thoughtful for the victims that um, the general population of women don't want to accept men in or LGBT few members on the on the rallies but I also find that everyone should be involved in as many conversations as possible to just be conscious of what's happening 
you have to be listening more. Yes, you're not used to it. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm being aggressive with that comment. <laughs> but you have to be open to listen to the words behind, because behind those words, those claims, there are emotions and frustrations from every day. Like, God, like I, I wasn't listening on this conversation. I didn't get the job. I, I wanted this, but the other person wanted that and they are stronger. There are like sensitive emotions behind that. So men and yeah, everyone with a privilege, even feminist women, like white feminist women over black feminist women should be more caring, listening to to these claims and respect if if they don't want, if others don't want them involved in their rallies and else or whatever. But I think it should be as inclusive as possible and open and share all the information and that energy and those women and other persons that have been abused. Of course, I cannot speak from heavy abuse because I haven't suffered it, so, so it's my privilege, but uh, they will be accompanied, accompanied, joined yeah. with many sisters, like much love, and they will never be alone if other men join, but I think they should join. Yeah. We, we actually had the, when we had the conversation initially, yeah. we had the idea that uh, there would be a section, like let, let's say like the first two blocks of the march that is just women. And then in the back, in the tail, there anybody can join. And that would be fantastic because I do agree that the more diversity we bring into it and the more awareness then there's more voices and there it adds richness. Like we don't want <laughs> we don't want the voices of men to shadow the voices of women because like that's that's what's been happening so far and that's what we are trying to counter. Yeah. But um, yeah, and you know, <laughs> don't interrupt me now. It's like the worst moment. He got all red. Everybody should see it. It's beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think that the more voices and the, the more support and awareness around this topic there is, then the better. And also we should uh, at least remove some of the discomfort because I think the discomfort is a barrier for people to ask questions because they don't want to offend anybody. And it literally happened to all of us, I think, that we are afraid of asking questions because we are afraid of like the other person reacting badly or taking offense. So, so yeah, I think just a, an approach that is more inclusive would be helpful. What do you think, Daddy? Ooh. <laughs> 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 what do I think? No. <laughs> Uh, once again, I didn't, I I feel like right now I didn't have like formal opinion or way of seeing. Everyone is sharing their own perspective, so I I I feel yeah. as if I I have nothing yet to to okay, to, okay. to to to, yeah, yeah. to give yeah. to the conversation. The whole point yeah. of the podcast is that Danny has a, an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to give one though. Yeah. <laughs> no, the thing is that. I think I'll never be able to get an opinion. I mean, we we, uh, we 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 sort of follow. We 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 agree on general terms. So it's like, what's what, I, I I don't even know how to express my yeah. uh, my idea, but we we agree in common points. So it's it's sort of 
I, I don't know what else I can, you know, create or invent to, to add to, the, to those common mm. points based on, you know, logic. So, well, not logic, but culture, culture, yeah. our culture. So you're wasting our time. <laughs> I don't do it like that. No, it's really I, I'm not even sure what I'm saying. I had that conversation last night with my with my coworker, and she said the exact same thing. She's like, because I had this this thing happen at work. We had a convers we had an open conversation at the office about something that we're gonna touch base on in this podcast. But what I wanted to say now is that I've been having uh, this conversation with my coworkers and last night I had a conversation with my female coworker and she said, I have nothing to say about this. And I, I'm not a person who says anything unless I have like a really good point. So I'm just like, <laughs> you just remind me so much of her. And this was last night. So uh, she said that she has nothing to offer, that she has nothing new to the conversation that unless it's something like super brilliant, she's not going to say anything about it. And I'm like, kind of like disagree with her. It's like, I was like, it's fine. Like you do you, you can have your own thoughts and you can like live your own life like the way you want to. But I, I, formally disagree with you because I think that the main point of having this conversation is like getting everyone on board and then if you get people on board on a boat and then people are talking about stuff you're going to listen eventually so if you don't have an opinion about this you'll probably have one by the end of tonight oh yeah for sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but what you said is actually quite interesting because I don't want to get too deep into that because that is more the part of how we build our opinions and that it's another topic. But especially with these topics of feminism and gender equality and also there are a lot of really difficult topics. It's hard to acknowledge even for yourself that you might have ideas that are not accepted by everyone and so you're so scared to even think them in your head like you're suppressing even the thoughts about them that um yeah it's extremely hard for you to actually um feel um good following in other advice because you or another opinion because you haven't really thought about your point or how you feel about it because you're so scared about it. like it happens to me i think it happens to a lot of people and i think that would be a really cool and interesting thing here to just be able to express your thoughts and not being judged for it because it happened to me so many times I'm so used to getting judged for things that I say a bit wrong but I think the only thing that is really really important is that you are open to listen what the people have to say about the things they are offended by and if you have this openness you can't do anything wrong just say what you think and be open what the people tell you back that's everything that counts in my opinion really because um, that helps you to have a genuine opinion and not the opinion of someone else who is just like saying everything, something, and everyone is like, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have to follow that. So yeah, maybe if we start sharing our own opinions, um, we can just make around and saying what we think about uh, feminism so far and how we receive it for ourselves. Or maybe you. Yeah, I think that that's um, that you pointed out is really important that the, the, the main part, at least how I perceived it as well, was sharing it which is really brave especially if we're not like feeling really strong and grounded in that perspective because once we share it it's being judged by other people and i think that is such at least for me that's such a brave thing to do to really share uh, an opinion that i have 
genuinely and not try to like make it nice and try not to offend anyone because that's at least what I try to do when I usually speak is like okay how can I say this without offending anyone and I try to still bring my opinion out that's why I find it so brave that everybody is sharing now and that we put it out and basically can um, judging has like a negative connotation but I think it's really important that that one shares it and can receive then the other perspectives on this idea. Because what at least happens to me quite often is I take it personal. And so it's really hard for me then to share opinions um, or continue doing that because I immediately get personally offended. Or not offended, but like um, feel, feel hurt by it when somebody is really disagreeing like that. And yes, please continue. <laughs> Whatever you want to share. Yes, and I do think that the topic of opinions is pretty good, but I don't think like in the general terms that we're disagreeing on anything. Mm -hmm. So like this is not so much a debate on that because we said at some point um, it gets weird because it gets emotional. And that's the part that we are dancing around like, what are the emotions that are hidden under this extreme feminism and this uh, reactions that women may have when a man is talking about whatever? Um, and what, what I do think is that it's important to, to share some of the background. At least, like, I would be open to sharing some vulnerable things that have happened to me. And then from there to see like what's the take on the other side because it's not otherwise like the feminism is just like this thing that oh okay we're, we're all pushing for the same rights I thought we all had the same rights yes on paper maybe like in, in most countries I don't know if most countries but in some countries on paper maybe but in reality there has been like this indoctrination throughout the years that it just places women in a more um underprivileged position. So I, I'm, I'm going to share a story. Do you want to share something before you oh, no, start? I wanted to ask, and maybe this question adds to the debate. In order to reach equality, do we all need to be on the same boat? On our opinions, or on, on our way of saying things? If we want to reach equality, do we all need to think sort of the same? Not the same, but be on the same boat. The basis of it, like the, the that we want equality, like the intention of it, and then it can look different depending on. Yeah, the yeah. We all have sort of different opinions. How will we reach equality? If we have, we we, we may have the same or similar basis, but how 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 do we plan to reach equality if we still have like different perspectives? To start with, I think everybody first should have the same meaning of equality. What do they mean by equality? And then they can. Build upon that, but if everybody is uh, has a different opinion, what equality will be like, then of course it's really hard to get there. Then we'll never reach it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think if you share, yeah, I think if you share the same core values of respect, um, yeah, empathy on the other people's emotions, you will get farther. Than, than we are at the moment. Uh, and do know, just at the, addressing Julian's uh, comment before passing the word to Caro, uh, do know that these conversa conversations are super uncomfortable, but growth is uncomfortable, and the result of it is 
so much better than what on the commodio commissions. <laughs> How can I say? Like we were comfortable, like, let's say, yeah, quote unquote, we were comfortable, but we weren't good. And after that, this comfort of the conversation, going about our words, who are which are based on our thoughts that lead our actions. Um, after that, I think we get to a better place. Do know that the other part might have been uh, affected by, by years of operation. Let's say it's a hard word, but it is a hard system. So, so now the other part, part might be sensitive. But both together, if you are patient enough, you will get to a good place. And there's a simple rule. Just don't ask the other part or do to the other part what you wouldn't do to a fellow white man. <laughs> it's super simple. <laughs> so I wanted, yeah, what I wanted to, to do is to ground this topic a bit more because it feels like we're talking about laws and in, in the eyes of the law, yes, we're technically all the same. Um, but I remember, for example, when I was a teenager and I, well, The, the um, harassment in the streets was a big thing here. Mm -hmm. And since I was 12 or 13, because I would go to the school in my schoolgirl uniform, and like that's every porn movie ever, um, then that would, I would just get unwanted attention without even knowing what it meant from old men. Like it was really nasty. Like there's, there's things that until today when I hear like, something like that that they would do it's just fringy it's terrible and um, then as I grew up and then I wanted to go to dancing and just express myself a bit more through the way that I dressed I would have two layers of clothing so when I would go out I would wear underneath my leggings or my tight pants and like a, a tiny top And um, I'm even struggling to not slut shame myself for like the way that I was dressing then. <laughs> and uh, then on top of that, I would wear like cargo pants and a big sweatshirt and like all of that. And then I would go to the, the club or whatever I was going. And then I would take that layer off and it, was, it would be like a superhero, like woo, a cat, a cat moment. But the thing is, I wouldn't like I couldn't go if I was wearing the leggings, because I would be kidnapped, raped, something, <laughs> because it was really dangerous to be a woman showing that you find, like, whatever you find yourself attractive in, like, that's, like, you shouldn't show that because it's not being handled well by the counterpart. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I was taught since very a very early age. And then when I would express myself, like in, in the way that I dress, like now I would, I would get as a reflection, um, like people saying like, oh, she's a slut, like women hating me, men just treating me as if I was just the object of their fantasies. And I, I was playing with that. And I think that I didn't know any better because that, that was the place that I was going into unwantedly but also wantedly when I was 18 or 19 so it is the it's it's deeper than the rights that you officially get it's it goes into the way that you grew up and when I talk about this I notice that I'm like 
fighting all of these beliefs that I had at that moment that I, I knew that I was a slut and then I knew that like somebody could grab my butt and then I would have to defend myself. And those were actual fights that I had, like people grabbing my butt or uh, just telling me very inappropriate things. And it's not about like, I can vote. Yes, I can vote. I can apply for a job. Yes, I can do that. But the fact that I am looked at in a way that you can just do whatever you want with me that was the part that was really hurtful. And I, mean, in, I think it was detrimental to my, my growth. Yeah. You to say that? Yeah. Adding to that, for me, it, it went like transversal to every, every area of my life. When I was a kid, it had the, the form of, for example, my father and my mother overprotecting me or my siblings. For example, my brother, he will do all the adventurous stuff and I wouldn't even jump a tree because I'm a lady and I can't behave like that. I know there are biological differences that naturally men can be stronger physically, but then I wanted to be stronger as well in some other ways and I want to be told, wanted to be told that I could do those things and that affected my confidence and self-esteem when I grew up. Then when I was a kid at school or even at a high school, I just saw how kids were like, um, how do you say men, child, like male child <laughs> were favored to, to just do uh, silly stuff and speak out loud and blah, blah, blah. And then when I was a teenager, I learned that at clubs I had to go dress, dress up this way, as you mentioned, to attract some men and feel valued. But then I had to take care of other type of men. So it was very, um, there was a contrast there and a conflict inside me because I wanted uh, people to like me, but then I didn't want them to like me too, too much. So I was exposing myself and then feeling valued only for my looks. And if they would buy me a drink, I felt that I had to kiss them then. That was normal for me. I didn't see it until college, in which I started no noticing, like, this is so unfair. This wouldn't happen to a guy, you know. I don't know anything from me to any other person. I'm not of light to anything. I always repeat that uh, every every time I feel that I'm in a disbalanced situation. Um, and yeah, that, that that's a lot, you know, to feel that you are compromising your liberty just because it's supposed to be that way. And you have to be really strong to see it and question it. And I know it can be like, Oh, no, but you like makeup and you like skirts. Well, maybe I don't that much. So please question it. And if I don't do it, don't say that you prefer it the other way or so. Just respect other people's freedom because it, it is a huge topic. Yeah. And uh, in both stories, I, I see the emotion, I think, behind it. But I would like to ask you both to if you want to express, okay, how does it actually feel? Because I think that's maybe difficult for others then to really acknowledge or, or perceive. It's like, okay, but what does that situation or that um, feeling, oh, I'd have to kiss him then, or that feeling of I can't do the things that my brothers can do, um, how does that feel? The same way maybe also for you, Karo, in your situations, how does it, how, what are the feelings that come up in those situations? Um, I can I can start about that story that um, 
I've, I, I went out of um, the South America three years ago. I went to, to the Netherlands and there like women can wear whatever and it's all right. And then I, I faced all of this PTSD of like, can I wear a dress in a meeting where there's a lot of men? And uh, like showing legs was such a thing for me. So it's the, the feelings are feelings of close to trauma that it's the, you, you are forbidding yourself from doing things because you feel that you're in danger. And when you live in that constant alertness, there's something in you that cannot fully flourish because you're constantly trying to watch your back and not make anything happen. So then the men wouldn't be triggered to like, do something to you. And it's not always like that. I know, but there is a tiny bit of the inside that is like an unease that walking in the street at night, it's more dangerous for a woman that, um, yeah, I couldn't. I cannot wait for the bus, like peacefully, and uh, just feel all right. So there's something in me that it's very ingrained and it's not going away. So that's one of the parts that I would say that like the feeling is really this discomfort and alertness and sort of like a tiny bit of stress that it's constantly there. Like when you have an exam coming up <laughs> and then you know that you should be studying, but you're not, or like something like that, that it's, it's, it's not like fully paralyzing or anything, but it's still there. And just knowing, um, for example, I had a big thing about, and this is another topic, but um, we can dive on it later if, if it comes to it, but I didn't want to be the hysterical woman. Um, like you, the boyfriend knows about it, that I didn't want to, like so often I would shut myself up because I didn't want to express my feelings because I didn't know if my feelings were real or grounded or anything. So not wanting to be a hysterical woman because I was censored so many times for expressing emotions and being like, no, I actually would like to do this this way or like that way. or I, I feel triggered by the situation. Um, just expressing myself would just have such a backlash that it, I wouldn't do it anymore. And then I started gaslighting myself and suppressing many things that I had to say because of that. So, so yeah, I think the, the feeling is constriction, rest, being restricted, like tied up and not being able to fully express yourself because you're in a mind field. And if you take one wrong step, then you, you're labeled as this hysterical woman that their opinion is worth nothing. So that's that's how it looks like. And I think that's part of the explosion of the feminism, that it's like, no, fuck this shit. We're not shutting up anymore. <laughs> like, that's it. We're not hysterical women. Well, we might be now. We might sound crazy, but there's a lot that we've it's been bubbling up inside that just leads to this fire and wanting to to express your opinion, to own your voice. Okay. I don't know, that makes at least to me so much sense right now, like hearing the emotion bubbling up underneath and then seeing also how, I guess, the movement is developing. And then it obviously, in, in this context right now, it makes obvious sense that it goes to an extreme with the feminine movement. In at least how I perceive it in some areas, it goes to an extreme towards then, okay, then we hate all men. Mm -hmm. 
that's sometimes at least what comes through. But it totally like sort of makes sense that it goes to a further extreme if you have those experiences and those emotions for so long. Because you said a constant stress, a constant restriction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Please. <laughs> yeah, I feel very similarly. Um, I'm going to set an example with my previous job. It was an engineering transnational, so you can imagine like every table, if it had 10 men, it had one or two women. And I was one of them, and I remember that I had to prove myself. You know, I, I knew I was smart. I was the best of the class in like high school, uh, uni. I was loved by my parents, like super well-raised and everything. I had the confidence, but I had to prove myself constantly, and I... Notice the difference. It, it was Sherman and, and Spanish, the transnational. The Sherman part would treat me like equals, and then maybe the, spin, the Spanish part would treat me as their secretary. And I struggled so much with that that I felt so uncomfortable that, I, that for that and all the reasons, I just left. I, I couldn't fight it from within. So I left to this startup, and in the middle, I moved to uh, Uruguay. And in Uruguay, people are like, women are not afraid to speak up. Uh, you can notice the difference. I don't know if it's about the Catholicism that it isn't here set up as in Argentina, but like uh, women just speak up. And I was so surprised about it that I started applying it. Of course, I was being heard. And I, I was so, you know, when you're like, am I saying the right thing? Like I was not used to being so heard. And so I started applying it at my uh, job. And now I, it sort of feels like a growth that I didn't necessarily want to do because I'm, I already had my challenges <laughs> from life. Uh, but it is empowering now because I've just noticed it. I've seen it. I confronted it. It is uncomfortable and I'm going to grow with it. So if now it happens every day, even in such a, a progressive workplace that I am at now, it's a remote uh, workplace and startup but I do see daily still that I have another coordinator sorry, sorry if he's listening to this <laughs> but he's a man as well from Buenos Aires and and I think he's seen as confident and speaking a lot and he just speaks a lot and I have to make sure that I say the right things and still when I'm not not speaking so much I am seen as a bit bossy and when I ask for something I have to say like please sorry and thank you and I appreciate it I thank you it's like your work Uh, but still I'm super extra thoughtful on that and it's frustrating but I think we're getting somewhere and I do notice the difference Um, and maybe just to go a bit to the initial question again what was the feeling that you had in like the experiences in the in your early life it's like okay being restricted not being able to to do the same things as your brothers or maybe even noticing that when somebody pays for a drink you have to kiss him like how does that what what emotions arise for you it is 100 percent frustrating you know getting to the like to the adult life knowing that you would speak up a bit louder if you had been taught a bit differently, if you were if you weren't so shut, because that's it. Whether you admit it or not, I felt shut so many times. Like let's speak, let's the men of in the family speak, and then uh, those like that we learn, 
and we teach and we hear in the class, it's like, I, I, I remember, you know, there's this saying from Michelle Obama, like, how did you feel in that table with all those important men? And she was like, well, if you listen to them, you would notice they aren't that smart. And I felt that in uni, like they would speak up so loud. And then I would say, like, why is he giving his opinion like this way? That's the first, those were the first years I noticed the difference. Like, why are they speaking so loud? And I am not. So I felt this huge huge frustration it would rot me inside honestly and I would speak about it with my ex-boyfriend he's from the Netherlands so he's very very progressive but still he wouldn't notice the difference and I was like hey notice you're doing all this stuff all this stuff and I'm just struggling with this isn't it a confidence thing a self-worth thing that maybe I was tough because I have Everything I have the health, I have the everything that I need to succeed. So seeing that difference, and then yeah, noticing how the treatment was different uh, was startling. So yeah, but no. So so guys, so you know, I don't kiss guys anymore for a drink. I actually, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> and I pay them. <laughs> and not kiss them if I don't want to. Ball <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Felix did want to add something. Yeah, actually, um, as this is also a really sensible topic, I would just want to disclaim before that, like, I'm trying to work with what you said. If you feel any way uncomfortable as I'm, like, saying something not the way you intended it, please let me know. Um, but <laughs> one thing that really surprised me personally a lot and... That is actually the second time I hear that. And that is the part about you felt responsible or felt the need to kiss a man after he paid you for your drink. And this is a level of like this um, injustice and inequality and like these stereotypes and this societal pressure that we, um, and I, at this point, I will say actually nearly all men don't even realize at all because we think, okay, here's an inequality, they get paid less. There is, I don't know, there is violence. Okay, these are things you can really see. You can notice, like, they're in the headlines, and it's hard to really deny that. But it goes so deep, it doesn't even stop by a level where, like, women maybe don't speak up if they get, like, uh, in uncomfortable situations, but they actually feel the urge or the need given by society to do things they don't want, and not even because they're pressured to do it, but because the way they grew up and the way they were educated pressures themselves to do that. Like I had this experience, which was really for me really hard and really I got really offended, but like thinking about it a lot and speaking about it a lot it helped me a lot. And I was like, I was on a party and I kissed a girl and in the party, she was completely fine with it. And we got along really great. And after that, she told me she didn't want to kiss me and she felt really bad about it and it was a really bad experience for her. And I was really like, I didn't know how to handle that because like I even asked her before if like that's all right for her and I really tried to like give her every freedom she wants and not pressure her into anything because I don't want to do that. And this way that I saw that she even pressured herself into doing it because she was so... <clears throat> And society just pushed it so hard on her that she can't refuse that. And probably also the part where I asked her if she wants to do that made 
her feel like, okay, now he's such a good guy. I have to do it. I don't know. Like it was really crazy for me, but now I feel and I see that it goes so extremely deep, like deeper than we can even imagine. Um, so the problem is so much bigger than we think. It's not just the surface, it's the violence, it's just the top of the iceberg. It's so embedded in society. It's crazy. And also, I think that to add a little bit about this, that I think the way that Caro and Billy are like speaking or the way they're sharing their experiences, we have to know, notice that that's not the same experience as everybody. And also not every woman feels that way. It comes to a point that you get, um, you have, you have someone telling you like all the time how you're supposed to behave, how you're supposed to dress. So you believe in that. And then you, because I, I haven't experienced this myself, but I've had friends that have experienced this before. It's like, how come you're going to dress? Like my mother is saying to my, my sister, like, how are you going to wear that? Like, that's not like, okay for you to wear. And there are like two women. So it's like she's been so oppressed by what my grandfather has taught my mother and what my father said it was okay. Then now she's teaching my sister that she's no longer okay with wearing something that's revealing or what my father told would be revealing because he is the man of the house. So he's decided on what's happening. So what I wanted to say is that It actually, the problem goes so deep that even like women within their own community, they actually start to think that, hey, what men are saying, it's fine. It's okay. We should behave like this. We should do this. Like, why would you stand up? And why would you say, oh, I disagree with this? Why would you join with a couple of girls and say, start a movement or like show your point of view and your disagreement and say, let's do something about this. People will look at like some girls can say, oh, that's not fine. Oh, and there's some places on earth that are like so violent towards women that it goes even deeper than that. Because if they join these groups of women trying to trying to do stuff um, regarding feminism, they'll get killed. So it's like a whole thing that goes like beyond what we as privileged people, mm -hmm. or we as privileged cis men can imagine. And yeah, no, I was wondering if this problem it totally is it's so deep, does it actually have a bottom? You always have like this fortune yeah. cookie. <laughs> life, life questions. Oh, no, I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah. We've been an hour trying to figure this out. <laughs> we have hit it and we are going up. I don't think so. <laughs> it's actually a result of not just like 10 years, 100 years, it's a result of the whole history of yeah. humanity. It's like embedded it's since the starting of, okay, f to be honest, like a big part is a lot of the religions and how they like gave us their way of beliefs and how the society should work. Like actually, that's another part, but I don't want to get too deep yeah. into that. But a lot of like uh, feminine oppression is actually a result of not only Christianity, also um, like the Muslim religion and also a lot of other religions, but Actually, before, uh, in like a long way, <laughs> um, there was actually, the woman was like praised. And I mean, there were still rules and uh, uh, roles in like the way they lived together. And, but the women as like, and that is actually the way I now see, personally, I adapted this idea a bit because I think it's a really beautiful way to think. 
the women is the one who keeps humanity going. Why should it not be the most important part? Like, without women, there are no more children, there is no more humanity. Like, is this, actually, it is the main part. Like, a lot of religions, like, for example, Christianity, they have Adam and Eve. Adam, Eve, like the part of the bone or what the hell. Yeah. Like, but why, why shouldn't be the woman the main part and the man just, like, how it is in nature, for example. How does bees work? How, how do bees work? Like, there's one queen and the men are just there to keep the society going. <laughs> and they die after, like, damn, okay? Yeah. Like, nature didn't intend to be, to put the male in the main role. Definitely not. That is really just a belief we got over thousands of years over different religions, believe. Yeah, we are aware, just to close this one, we are aware, though, that it's historical and anthropological when we were based on strength. For example, the man had to hunt and else. Of course, there was a, a different order, but now that we are more based on knowledge and we are equal in that, uh, I think we are starting to see the balance. But before, it, it had sense. I have, I, have, I have a question further for you going into that, going into <laughs> transgender kind of topics where we go we'll we'll dive deep in that because i have something to say about that before you jump into that <laughs> um I, th I think i just want to have like a quick check-in right now uh, because we've been over an hour already <laughs> talking um first uh i think we all had now a chance to talk i wanted to give you this chance to right now if you want to say anything to hear about uh, how you experienced that or yeah it's long gone so you were talking about for example when you're in office you're compelled to speak more and uh, you know try to compete with that coworker or whoever is smart um i personally think that um, the less you speak The more you learn, the more you listen, and that's how you learn. And also, uh, it's my personal belief, you can disagree. The, um, the less you speak, the more your opinion matters. So maybe that's why you're smart. If you're a man. Yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah, that yeah, okay, yeah. if, if there is a man, because of course, uh, like, like I know now, because there has been this equality, But if it's a neutral environment, of course, uh, um, I personally believe that's how it works. But if it's not a neutral environment, um, maybe you won't have to try hard in that way because that will just put you in uh, again, like uh, in a in a need to you know prove yourself. But you can put it up uh, as a topic itself that hey, this is happening. This is not what we like. And uh, we are not compelled to speak more to prove ourselves. We already are smart. We already are brilliant. We know what we're doing. Uh, but this is not how we will compete with you. Not try to, you know, speak more, but speak nonsense. Thanks for explaining that. Uh, but I think I explained myself wrong. The thing was that first I, I've been more silent than I ever wanted my whole life. Uh, and second, I was, it, it wasn't a competition thing, even though I was, I have more experience in the company and uh, I onboarded that person that speaks more than me. Um, it was rather than men are just more natural in sharing their opinions and this person has like too much confidence with it. Uh, it's, it's not a competition at all. I don't compete with anyone. I think there's enough for everyone. 
and we should just divide it and give it place for the other because in opinions and diversity, there is a strength when you share an opinion and you question your thoughts and find a new way to think or do something. That's when you get enriched. Um, yeah, it's about everyone having a, a place. If they have a word, they don't have to speak just because. But I did have a word, I do have a word, and I'm just starting to feel comfortable with it. That's great. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I just wanted to now, we sort of went a little bit over the topic of feminism right now in the last hour, <laughs> just, just <laughs> shortly knowing that. Um, and before I think we, uh, we want to go anywhere else because we had plans afterwards and stuff. So um, do you guys want to continue still for some time or not about the topic that uh, Lucas just raised about just different... Wait, no, not, not yet, I think. So I just wanted to check in whether we have time right now if everybody wants to continue or so bringing up a new topic would be like big but otherwise like doing a final round of con trying to find a conclusion or just checking in what happened with doing the conversation with each of us and um, seeing yeah what it did. So to find sort of a conclusion for each of us. How, do, how is the general feeling right now to continue or not? I mean, I want to continue. All right, that's nice. <laughs> Love it. And then I would suggest to go a quick round so everybody can sh still share their experiences or what they took out of this conversation, conversation so far about this topic so we can go on to the next one. But you wanted to say something beforehand still. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like we are talking about feminism from the perspective of the woman. And I think like for this to be complete, there's also a side of the man that needs to be explored because like Felix did a little bit like ex express his emotions in like a, a specific situation. But I think that men are affected by feminism in subtle ways. So I think it's also important to acknowledge the part that you cannot cry and you have to because the, the, the thing that you have to speak up, like the men that don't speak up, they feel shit about it. And the men that are not strong and built up like might feel shit about it. So then there's there's stereotypes that affect both side of the, sides of the coin. So when men express their feminine, then they are also repressed. <laughs> so it's like it's not just the feminine in the women, but it's also the feminine in the men that is getting repressed. Mm -hmm. So I I personally I think that would give a bigger overview of the topic, maybe and just garner more opinions and more stories than, than just like the two women in the room. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. At least like from my perspective, I first of all loved that you both shared so openly your story. And I super agree with what you just said, or like not, not I don't want to say agree, I, it felt, feels very resonating because at least in my perspective, I think I do have quite some feminine, um, let's say energies. That's the way I sort of, recently got more into describing that um, and I do feel a bit awkward about that so it was really nice that you sh shared it in that specific way because um, from I'm not sure about a specific example right now but I, I think just in general 
um, what we talk, I guess, quite often about was for me, the general thing of I need to be confident. I need to be the person who constantly talks, who gives on directions, who knows uh, what they want and are not allowed to like struggle or show that at least. Or and, and for me, at least a big part is like being the supportive or caring person. And I think that's at least like from the, uh, what is that? Female energies, the, the, the part that's driving me a lot. That's like my main thing, what I do as a living. Like <laughs> I support other people. So from that point, I think I, I love that you brought it up because it was sort of a struggle and faced some like weird looks from the people around me. It's like, wait, psychology? So what do you want to do there? When you just support people, when do you get like money? When when do you start making like man's income? And why not like a uh, um, an engineering job, stuff like that? So um, at least that I felt a little bit, but didn't really reflect as much on on it uh, as you just brought it up. So it's very interesting. I have an example. Uh, when we went camping once, your dad told you. Like, oh, what, you're going to build a fire with those professor hands or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and a good one. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you you are subtly affected by those stereotypes. Yeah. How does it hit you when, when you when you receive a comment like that? You should be stronger or tougher. Yeah, that's a good point. Like uh, the notion, at least in my family, was that, um, only like hard physical work is the, the proper work and everything else is just like um, girl stuff. Gir- sort of, yeah. It's a good girly kind of kind of thing that, oh, you, you, it's it's not a strong man that that's, uh, does those mental kind of things. Uh, but rather hard physical work is the thing that actually sort of counts. I think that really word fits, that really counts. The other thing is like, oh, you cannot really measure it either. It's not really cognitive. It's it's just not really acknowledged in that way. The sort of, again, female energies, like this, the caring, supporting. Um, recently heard also another um, coaching session that a, per, that a woman said, oh, yeah, I was just raising five kids. And I was like, what? <laughs> she said just raising five kids. It's like <laughs> such an incredible difficult job to do um to to raise children and then still women but also men i guess see it as something like oh yeah just on the side um so i'm not sure where i was going now. <laughs> but uh, just just the, the general thing how it affects me is also devalues a little bit myself like because i see so much of my worth through the female energies coming like i support other people that's my main thing i love that but that doesn't really feel like it's actual work and it's great. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks a lot for that example. Like the, the professor hands, as my dad said, was really an example of like, oh, I'm not really doing actual work. I'm not doing anything just by, you know, helping other people to think differently or whatever. Boring. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But I think that is like what this equality is about. It's not about that women go to a level that is owned by men at this point. It's like finding a new level of equality that everyone can be the way they can be. The thing is, um, as we speak about that, I think it's a bit hard to compare the struggles of women and men in this way. Because <laughs> like, 
for so me, it's, it's just, I yeah, mean, so I think it's we didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I just want to clarify that if we speak, like for me, it's important, like if we speak about now the side of the man, that we don't just set it next to the one of the women because it's, it's a whole different story. And I mean, I think it's important to talk about it as well because, of course, it affects us as well. I mean, uh, that's okay, I'm going to go to that in a second. But um, yeah, I think I can finish it up there. Always a disclaimer. <laughs> So it it only it only I I I didn't want to mention anything before, but it only applies if you're a straight man, mm. because you can also be a gay man, and you're still a man, and you're still white, and you do have your privileges, but you do struggle sometimes, mm. and it kind of it doesn't even uh, we're not comparing here. We're just like letting everyone know at this table our like experiences and stuff, but we're just talking about it. But like you probably have gone through some stuff that you're not feeling comfortable with and they probably have as well, but I've had in I'm a man, so you don't it it actually goes either way. So it's like, yeah, I can agree with you that it's not reaching levels to get to that certain equality that you were like questioning that <laughs> whether it has a bottom or not. But um like people go through different experiences. So it's not like It's, it, there's like no such same both. Like you can jump in and you can like, there's like a whole, a broad of experiences and people like live their lives like their own way. So it's kind of hard not to, to compare like w what is more important. And when it comes to feminism, like is a, is a girl a feminist or is a man a feminist? Like what's okay, what's not? That's like up to us to decide. But if we want to make progress, I think that, having these conversations and saying, hey, I feel uncomfortable with these, like, dad, please don't say this, or, like, talking to your straight men, like, friends, and, like, getting involved in this kind of stuff, it actually makes a difference because you start a conversation. And that is what always has, as humanity, has pushed us forward because things have gone to the government, which has the power to make laws and to change people's lives because... People have gathered together and like have spoken up and have like like shared their opinions and said what's the best option, what's the best approach for this, and things have gone further because of that. So I think yes, we have to share, even if we're uncomfortable, even if we don't like something that's happening, whether it's at work, whether it's within us, even still like being together every day, we can still like sleep things, we can still say things that we don't really mean. So it's actually like an effort of being woke. That's what I think. Nice, solid. Um, no, you go. <laughs> I wanted to add that I believe uh, diminishing toxic masculinity, masculinity is a big part of feminism. At least for me, uh, I don't expect anything from another person that I wouldn't ask myself. No, no matter the gender or anything, uh, on my first dates I offered to pay, many times I paid. I don't expect my partner to pay for a house, I provide for myself and we go half in half, like back and forth. You can today, tomorrow I can, whatever, we, want, we don't measure, if we can, of course, if we are in a balanced situation. And even then, I chose my partner for his feminine energies, for his balance. I, I knew that after my last relationship, I wanted someone that would, would be empathetic and sensitive and 
just get it. You know, someone who is healthy enough to be strong enough to show their emotions. And I find that being vulnerable is the strongest, strongest thing ever and very brave um, to analyze your thoughts and support people and everything. So I think we're moving to a safer place with that. I, if you ask a woman, like, do you, do you want a man who provides but is super tough or do you prefer a man who is just more... <laughs> normal <laughs> and they can and they can cry and everything i i prefer someone that can cry and can defend me and understand my struggle and at the same time stop their partners when they notice they are being toxic um, i prefer that person and i know modern women in general prefer them as well and men as well there are other orientations I wanted to ask you, actually, Zuhair, because we're on the, like, Western part of this kind of uh, topic, and I wanted to ask you, since we're, like, speaking up about how our experiences were, like, talking through these feminine and masculine energies, how, is, how does that affect your culture, or how are, like, you perceived in, within your culture or your experience as a man um, if you had... Uh, a tough upbringing uh, or if you had some comments made or if you ever felt like you you couldn't overshare a little bit because you were seen as like nah, that's not right for your culture or whatever if that even makes sense um, yeah some part of it makes sense <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry let me think about it okay so for my personal experience um Maybe I didn't notice anything like that in my family circle, but sometimes uh, uh, outside your circle you can notice these things. Uh, for example, you can be tough guy, you can be a normal guy, not like an athlete kind of guy, and you can be someone who's into arts. So for me, my um, my hobbies and my let's say, passions were always a bit towards the artistic side and uh, like al although I was also involved in sports and stuff. So that can be perceived as different, but it's not something that uh, people will suppress or people will try to say, okay, this is feminine or something because um, like it can be both. It's just uh, how you, what you like, what you're passionate about. So sometimes you can find some people who will be like, ah, oh, this thing, for example, oh, you're playing badminton. Oh, this is a girl's game, come on. Uh, but uh, if they will actually play, it's, it's a totally different story. So you can always find these kind of people everywhere in the world, no matter it's the West, it's the East. But uh, like, just to sum it up, uh, personally, I didn't experience anything like that because thankfully my circle was uh, open-minded and really supportive of it, uh, but you can always find people um, and it's up to you because uh, they will never end. You cannot uh, like uh, make everyone happy. You just have to go with the flow. If you just stop uh, on the way and try to, you know, like try to argue with everybody, you won't get there. So that's what I think. But did you, were you able to show your emotions? Like, can you cry in front of people? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, that's, yeah. that's cool. Look, it's not, yeah. it's not cool everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they will support you uh, if you're crying. Like, for example, they'll make you cry <laughs> just, just so you feel better. 
Yeah, it's, it's what? I'm so curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, you, can you tell us your wine that's different here? I mean, it's different for me. Wait, let I me mean, like, men are like more. Let like... me explain what I meant by they'll make you cry. For example, <laughs> when I was a kid, or yeah, like when I was eight or seven, if I'm upset about something, my mom would just be like, oh, come here, and I will start crying. <laughs> so what she wanted to do with that gesture is that I cry, I show my emotions, and then I feel better. That was the whole point of it. But would your friends or colleagues do the same or just see you as weak, quote-unquote? <laughs> so, like, my colleagues see me as a person who don't give a shit. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever cried before your friends or colleagues? Of course. Uh, no. Friends... Uh, Maybe like one or two events, but that was a really big thing. I don't want to get into that, uh, like a personal thing. Uh, but in front of colleagues, like I won't have any problem crying. Not crying, there's no but reason to cry. yeah, if there's no reason to cry. Why would you cry? But I don't have any problem showing my emotions, whether they are like uh, I totally disagree with you. This is bullshit, or whether it's like oh, how nice. <laughs> so it doesn't really affect me. Actually, I'd like to share my uh, my story about crying in front of others because it's actually for me the other side of the medallion or coin hall. Because I was like, I have a lot of friends and also in the circles of my parents and everything, pedagogues and psychologists and everything. <laughs> They encouraged me to a point to show my emotions and cry and be open to it, that I would actually, and that is really weird, but it's actually the first time I say that, I think, um, I would feel unnatural because um, I was sometimes like crying, but I wasn't really feeling about it or feeling about crying or feeling like I I would need that now or I'd want that now because it was so like, oh, cry, and then it's going to be better and you're going to be able to express all your emotions. So I feel like I was, uh, how do you say that? Yeah, forced, forced a bit. Not, not really forced, but like really pushed into that to be over emotional and really just express your feelings, let it go, just talk about it, talk about everything. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, that's really interesting because I, I don't cry so much. I'm not sure where that comes from. If I feel like suppressed, um, I can't figure that out for myself, to be honest. Um, but always when I'm like talking to a friend and they say, let's just let it go. I don't know. Just cry if you need to. I'm like, I would feel so unauthentic crying right now because I, I don't know. That's. I just want to add to it that same. everybody have their own way of dealing with emotions. Yeah. Crying unlike, I don't know why we're going giving so importance. <laughs> crying, smiling, being happy is like any other emotion. It's natural. If you're not feeling it, don't do it. If you're feeling it, you should do it. If you mm. keep suppressing it, it would uh, reach that level that it's going to explode. And then you're going to be in a depressed state or a stressed state, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, like on the contrary, if you overdo it, then you'll just make a fool out of yourself. <laughs> it's fine if you're like, I think the point was, are you able to express your emotions, whether they're like, of course, we're talking about like, We tend to focus on the negative emotions and not on the positive emotions. That's like a human thing, I think. 
but we actually were talking about if you are able to express your emotions because there's not many places or people don't find it that, um, I don't know, like authentic to express yourself. And I kind of felt like that a little bit because I felt like uh, I didn't want to be over emotional because I was like, the gay guy, so everyone's like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna be crying around, he's gonna be, like, fooling around all, every time, like, but it's like, no, it's like, like, every other human, like, you get, like, times where you're, like, feel, like, shitty, and then you get times where you're, you feel, like, super happy, but that's, like, I try to go with the flow and actually try to express myself in the way that's authentic to me, so that's what, that's what... Yeah. Like, it's really the experience for me. I mean, what I feel like expressing is what I want to express. If, and if you, like, want to express yourself in a different way, that's up to you. So we don't have to cry for the same thing. Yeah. Like, people don't react the same way. But if the thing is, if you're able to do so, so whenever you want to cry at work or with a friend, are you able to do so? So that's the main point, I think. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think there's a biological difference, as I read about hormones uh, with trans guys. When they are transitioning, they do testi testimony that they feel more distance from things and emotions and issues. They have the testimony of the transition, let's say. They have both sides, although they always felt and were men in, in a woman's body. Uh, there is a biological difference, but I think as Lucas said, it's just, let's validate the other person, no matter the gender, the sex, whatever, um, and give a space for them to behave. You're not obliged to do anything, you, you do you. Um, but yeah, let's be healthy in accepting whatever the other is bringing, and even if we are not agreeing to it. Uh, see, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good um, final, let's say, uh, uh, point that I, I do want to give another like space, a quick one round to like, okay, what did we take from that topic to then go into, <laughs> into the next one? Um, and yeah, I think just I can start right now and then we can maybe just go around. Can we go the other way around this time? <laughs> <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> Thanks. Um, and I uh, at least my perspective from comparing from before and to now, I think that's really interesting. Before I went into, okay, that's something I feel weird about, that's something I feel uncomfortable about talking about, um, and feeling that I don't know that much about it. And now I feel, especially with two topics that were brought up, first, like your, your stories that should really understand, okay, there are many stories behind this movement, many stories behind this word feminism. And that just makes it more um, relatable because I can relate to the emotions that women have. I have them as well. Probably not by no means similar or in the extreme that you have, but I can relate to emotions. I have emotions too. Right, so that's that's really nice. That brought me a lot closer to the topic, and the other one was also that you brought up the topic of, let's say, the, the female energies, because I feel a lot more comfortable talking about that, or it makes it easier for me at least to talk about female and masculine energies, because as as I shared earlier, for me it's also um, quite obvious that I have quite some female energies that that's a that's a big part of my life, 
And so they're seeing like this is belongs in there as well. And I think the, all the subtleties that you all of you guys mentioned uh, that I'm not that aware of in the daily life brought a, a lot more back to my attention. And thanks for that, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's fair. Let's say buddy. Yeah, same time. Okay. Yeah, one thing I want to say is that uh, I'm glad that I was part of this conversation because I got to learn a lot, uh, especially by the where where you guys told your stories. Um, just like prove how powerful you guys are. Like it's, that's this is you know something uh, men don't go through. So. And when you talked about the emotion specifically, that's really good uh, because uh, when you think about the emotions and you try to feel them, you feel more connected to the story. If you feel more, you know, involved, and that's the other way of listening to it. So, yeah, pretty much it. I have new perspectives now, and I think I'm in a position to say that. Okay, I know a little bit better than I was before. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, for me, like this last topic uh, left resonating because of the hormones that uh, women have no choice but to have emotions because, like, uh, and Julian can testify because he's with me through my whole cycle, and uh, I I have very different hormones like the first day of my period and like the when I'm PMSing and when I'm in like the the normal days which is like since <laughs> since my period like stops and then I have like about 20 days of almost like being a man <laughs> and then, I, <laughs> then when I'm ovulating like it's really good and then I, I feel very very centered and I can plan ahead and I can do, just not be um at the mercy of my my hormones but then there are days where I just feel really bad like I cannot help but be really emotional or really triggered by certain things and I think that has been used against women for a while like oh I've seen her period and it's like dude it's so offensive because it's so difficult like you don't know how hard it is like it's painful your legs hurt you can, your back hurts it's just terrible and um, and the hormones, I think, in my case, is the worst part because I can deal with, I can handle pain, um, but I can, like, the mental blur that sometimes comes with it, it just, it's just really uncomfortable. So the, the fact that we need to deal with all of that, I think, makes us more, like, quote-unquote, emotional because there's more things going through the body that we are not in charge of. And then we have to, no choice but to surrender, and that's the part where we vindicate the feminine energy within us, that we're like, okay, we're just going through this wave of things, that it's just happening every month, we just need to deal with it, um, or go through it and see it, like, make the best of it. And uh, for me, that's been a big part of the journey, to just accept my femininity, accept my identity, and try to find it, stripped away from all the cultural conditioning and um, yes like embracing the feminine qualities in society like not just within women but also within men because I want more talks around emotions and I want people to be free and not be pressured to look hot and strong and like any any way that they 
are oppressed <laughs> to to look like. So so yeah, I think the and I, I talk about the nurturing and the caring part as a feminine energy because it's usually perceived as motherly. I guess it could be uh, rephrased, but culturally, I think that's that's where it comes from. And uh, yeah, just embracing that part in all of us and allowing also the masculine to show within women without judging it and suppressing it either because like when a woman like stands up and it's like oh she's a bitch um <laughs> so it's it's more like both sides and that's where we can reach some sort of balance when we are all allowing ourselves to feel whatever it's happening right now and not suppressing it because if we suppress it within us we suppress it in others as well <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I have to make a big jump now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what I wanted to say mainly is that I'm thankful for this um, conversation that we've had. And um, I just get like super excited whenever I get these opportunities to share my my way of living and also hear others and like try to talk through things and push us further. Like I think by having these conversations and by like taking the taboo out of it, like it's not whether we feel uncomfortable talking about it or not, it's something that we have to do because we are in need to solve these questions that we have within us and that affects everyone that lives here and we're all together in this. I know it sounds cheesy, but this, this, this is on us like to solve, you know, there's like no, no such thing as a big, like, like entity coming or religion or a man or a female sharing, like, like solving this like epic thing. It's going to be on us to solve and us to evolve through what we're solving. Things will change eventually. And, uh, like we have to support what we really believe in and if we're actually fighting for equality we have to do so and try our best to be woke and just to bring something to the table that's going to make someone feel like he can he or she or they can talk about this so i think we have to have these conversations but also have a type of seriousness when it comes to it because I tend to be a lot like um, making jokes and stuff and riding around and jumping around but whenever I'm talking to like some straight uh, friends and stuff about these kind of topics I tend to get serious because I want to I want them to know that it's okay for them to open up and have these conversations with me and it's fine that doesn't even make them like gay or something that they're like opening up and they're talking about how they're feeling that's not a gay thing it's a human thing um so i think what we can take away from these experiences is that you are able to share your experiences and you are a human being and it's okay to be feminine and masculine it's not that doesn't even define you but you have to find some strength within you to share your true your true colors so that you can help others but be mindful that people are having different experiences than your own and you may find in your privilege not to take um a certain amount of time or not because it's not bothering you but if you look around 
you may see someone that's really struggling with that. So you might need to take a look further and take some more time to think about <clears throat> what you're doing and what's happening right now, how that affects you. When you see the news, don't get numb by it. Don't see like the news of a girl getting strangled and raped and killed and buried. Just like, oh, it happened again. So I'm going to go with my friends and like do nothing about it. Just it's on us to try to solve this or give solutions to this, but just not by freaking out. We don't have to freak out about this and just do nothing and just to get dramatic. We have to find a way to talk through this and we have to open up the conversation, I guess so. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to share my experience as well. Uh, for me, like... I actually been talking about a lot about these topics and having a lot of conversations, but a lot with people that are like-minded or in the same position as I am. So for me, it's a really new and beautiful experience to talk to people from other cultures and countries and other experiences and see um, feminism and inequality from a topic that is um, just actually way worse, <laughs> but that was quite accept uh, expectable. And like hear these real experiences and it made it for me even clearer and um, more apparent that I need to act and I need to like talk about it. And that's what I want to come to a like positive outlook as well, because we've been talking about a lot of lot of bad things that are happening in a situation that may seem so bad that there's nothing that can help. And people are standing up, but they're already being received as believes as Cambridge likes to say and so I think what we are doing right now is the solution to the problem it is a slow solution but it's the solution that is going to end up eventually in the future in some generations to have an equal society and that is education and awareness that is talking about it and raising children in a world where you tell them ah oh, that is really bad we need to talk about that that is not the way we want to continue because we are now at this point where this awareness raises and maybe now the struggle and all the movements seem very extreme, but we need that to open conversations and raise new generations in a belief where you can actually say, or you can answer your kid like, oh, why do women earn less than men? And you're like, they shouldn't. We have to change that now. Like, there is no explanations for that. And like the new generation, the kids... They don't want that. They, they have good values about equality and they're going to continue that if we keep them aware and if we educate them. So what we are doing is going to change the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree that these deep, heartfelt conversations full of honesty and discomfort, honestly, um, are changing posit positively. And I'm living with so much gratitude for you guys uh, joining this talk and bringing the opportunity. As as a woman, again, I, I've heard the objective view of seeing things, that it was the, the male's view all my life. And then I, I was super open to my f girlfriend's uh, views that I sort of have a a perspective on the matter, but I often feel that or was feeling that I wasn't being heard. So I'm also grateful for that and uh, for, yeah, feeling I have a space for it. So thank you guys.
I I am also grateful. I think this was a really cool talk. Um, <clears throat> I I I think I took a lot out of this, even though I still have like sour feelings about the situation as a whole. Um, there's gonna be a change. We all have our perspectives or uh, about the world, and that's a bit <laughs> chaotic. Um, but yeah, education is something important, and let's see where the future takes us for good or bad. <laughs> Preferably for good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, thanks a lot. That sounds amazing. Um, really cool that everybody shared so openly. And now I feel like, okay, we talked another 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, okay. I would love to yeah. jump into the other topic as well, especially with this group. This yes, is amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, as everybody shared it so openly, that was so amazing that everybody was participating and jumping in and telling their, their own perspectives and being brave to share it. I would. I actually didn't anticipate it going that well, honestly. So it's really, really cool. And I think just as the final words, what I want to continue to, what Felix, I guess, said, to there is a movement happening. There's something coming up to the surface, and I, I love seeing that because I, at least in my perspective, I see that as something was really unequal for a long time, and now this this inequality is coming up to the surface. And I feel like, at least in my perspective, this uh, female and male energies as yin-yang will balance each other out and it will come to a to yeah an equal position. At least that's my hope. Um, and I think that's, that's super cool seeing this and I love to understand more of it right now. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you. That's a wrap. All right. A wrap.